I'm still over here struggling between Missy Step and damn Counterspell. Just make a decision, Fate. I'm going to kill you either way. That's probably true. Uh, they're still kind of working outside my house right now. So there's construction going on. Yeah. The background may pick up this truck. I'm getting a pool built and they're digging and the first load that they had, the Bobcat track came off since 830 this morning. They've been trying to fix it. And this guy's outside my house doing it right now. Like, I got to get this done today. Yes. The workmen installing my wine cellar have been unable to get off the premises. Yeah. Yeah. Real fucking problems, man. (laughs) It's feet. I saw feet. I thought it was a dick. I, I, I did too. For, for a very long time. Is the nine to five supposed to be because of the banquet thing? It's just the beginning part. When, I, when I'm doing action scenes, that's all I hear in the big in my head. That's all I hear in my head. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gimme the Loot Podcast, the Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition actual play podcast that's not afraid to lower the bar, step over it, and then lower it again. My name's Turner. I'll be your dungeon master and voice of pre, mid, and post-show announcement, as well as the voice of every inanimate object in this universe, apparently, because I didn't think that out very well at all. And I don't have sense to stop yet. There's more. There's more coming. There's more coming. New listeners, welcome. Thank you for joining us. And returning listeners, welcome back. We sincerely appreciate you making time for us in your busy podcast listening schedule. Special shout out to our patrons whose investment in the show helps us bring you more content and better content. Hang out after the podcast to find out what benefits they get for their support besides knowing that mathematically they are good people. Some would say better than others. I'm not going to go that far. I mean, it's math. I mean, you can kind of draw a straight line between how good they are and how much they're supporting the podcast. We'd want to remind everybody that Gimme the Loot is not a family-friendly show due to crude humor, especially this episode, fantasy violence, and occasional gore. Any additional specific content warnings will be posted in the show notes below. Again, guys, I'm going to keep saying this until it's not a problem anymore. Delta and COVID are ongoing issues. If you're not vaccinated, please get vaccinated. If you go out into the world, be conscious of the fact that it's still important to wear a mask. It doesn't take much to be a better hero than one of the party of five. Here's your chance. And speaking of the party of five, let's get on to the show. And we are back with the party of five. And I am Harlan McKenzie playing Todd the Tiefling, your favorite bounty hunter's favorite bounty hunter, a.k.a. Todd We Trust, a.k.a. T-O-double-D, a.k.a. Taking Over Dungeons and Dragons. That's what it stands for. Let's go. Next. (laughs) A.k.a. the guy who's got the volume on his headset up a little bit loud because I'm getting some feedback. Sorry. (laughs) I don't want to be that A.k.a. guy. <laughs> you you've got a mic, right? You said you've got a mic, but they didn't yes. like it as much. Like, <laughs> no. Like, Me? No, no. Like if somebody gave you a mic and then you tested it out and they told you don't use yeah. that mic ever again. Well, I, I tried to use the mic and it just does not want to work. It just it's not. It, it comes in very low. Uh, I am Andrew playing uh, Moyo Mossberg, 
the dragonborn monk that smells like skunk. Where's the monk come from? You're you're not a monk. <laughs> I spent uh, I spent time at a monastery. I think that uh, there's a there's a class in D and D that is called the monk that doesn't cast spells. Is a completely different. It's a whole other different thing. Well, that's the beauty of being a novice. It's kind of like claiming your warhammer is <laughs> like not both one handed and two handed. So the monks are not clerics. Clerics are not monks. All right, moving on. <laughs> All right. Uh, is Jamie playing Eldrin Thaneros, the ranger who will track you and then attack you? And this is Jazz, and I'm the only person here who controls my own fate. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is as close to a boo as we got. <laughs> wow. Can you put in a car crash sound effect? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give a boo to Jamie because this is whack too. But wow. <laughs> that's full that's full cricket. That's when crickets go silent. Fate, fate wow. comes in and go and overtops Jamie with his weakness. Wow. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Do not do not shit on other people's creativity. That is my job. <laughs> I will put in the unnecessary pauses and sound effects. Thank you very much. <laughs> when we do it as a team. Wait, wait. No, it, it's the fact that, that Anthony came in with the okay. <laughs> you know, it you said know. everything it needed to be said. Did we even get Anthony's intro? No, no, we no, we haven't. No, we we died laughing. That may have happened. <laughs> Uh, so I just want you to know that I had choices between going with that, which I knew was going to be lame or going with the thing my child asked me to say. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go for the fate is lame and just throw it out there. So I let y'all have that. Mm. Oh, okay. Wait, are you, are you trying to roll this back and say this came from your kid now to guilt us for making fun of your shit? No, 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 no. My kid gave me another line that was probably better, but I went with the one that I had that I knew was going to be lame because it's faded. He's saying, he's saying he's going in canon with it. I don't believe it. I think he thought it was cool. It wasn't. Wow. Yes. I'm going with Harlan. I think he thought it was cool. And he probably looked at his kid and was like, that's lame. But I think for next time, we're all going to be like, wow, that was so much better. You just asshole human shielded your kid, man. What? Part of me respects that. Part of me doesn't. Like you're duck behind oh. to take this flax, son. <laughs> no, my kid actually gave me something that was probably better, and I just doubled down on me being lame. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. nah. So you thought yours was better. It wasn't. Hey, hey. Like first of all, Jamie and Jazz have put the most effort yes. into their intros. Thank you. Throughout, have all of them been jazz? Not at all. No, but you know what? <laughs> They've also fucking put way more shots out there, so they got they still got a better ratio than. Uh, I'm running out of arrow jokes, man. What do you want from me? I got four and growing. I told you every week I'm adding another one. It's gonna have a it's gonna hour long intro every time. That's every that's time I'm, I'm gonna keep going. How many times have we heard your favorite bounty hunter's favorite bounty yeah. hunter? That's been like it's seventy it's episodes. A, it's already. a you know running what? list. You know it's a running list. So they know who their favorite bounty hunter's favorite bounty hunter is. I support this. Find your groove and go for it. Yeah. Everybody, I like I like I like Eldrin's rhyming. I like fates all over the place. Uh, Andrew's <laughs> starting to put some effort in, getting it wrong. <laughs> you know, like it's it's all there. It's consistent with both your character and your characters. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. So all right, on that note, getting back to the wonderful world of Dungeons and Dragons. Wait, 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 wait. Did we hear Anthony's? We we did not hear Anthony Clean. <laughs> Oh, okay. Let's let's rewind it back. And this is Anthony playing Babatunde. Longest intro. <laughs> yep. Straightforward and to the point, man. I appreciate <laughs> it more than you could possibly fucking know. Okay. All right. 
All right, so that brings us back to the wonderful world of Dungeons and Dragons. You guys just recently had finished off a batch of wild-ass lizard folk riding on their swamp motorcycles, swamp dune buggies, swamp semi-trucks, maximum overdrive, clashing dragon jaw chompers, and harpoon throwers, and managed to continue on down the elevated highway, heading deeper into the southern Fens peninsula of the Hiko region. Moyle, you realized that not only was the navigation point for your stabilizing agent taking you deeper into the center of the region, but it was also pointing you towards the dragonborn hold taking you home so during the fight we had some some moments we had some moments Todd dove out of a window, jumped on a motorcycle, and then really just drove that motorcycle around in circles. <laughs> Moyle learned the power of spirit guardians. Baba fought off more lizard people than he probably should have had to. Eldrin actually rolled poorly and missed a few shots a few times. And Fate, at one point, really seriously considered leaving Baba to die. So, <laughs> on that note, as you guys head inward towards the Copper Dragonborn Hold, I want to get a little uh, a road trip montage here. So. We're going to say the rest of the drive is fairly uneventful, but it's still about another two-day drive traveling inward along the open highway. You will pass through a couple more transit stations where the highways split off in other directions and exit, occasionally stopping through a, a stilt dwarf fuel depot or a mercantile guild truck stop. Not quite a full-blown waypoint like you would find on the winding ways. It's just generally an extra large duckies where you can go to the bathroom shower and then get whatever supplies you need. So we're going to go around the horn, same order as we intro, and I want to hear what Todd or whoever is doing. I want to hear what you guys are doing. I know I said Todd. Not the main character, folks. <laughs> He's not the main character. <laughs> You Todd fans out there, you really need to question what 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 you're what the kind of behavior you're endorsing. I don't appreciate you making fun of our fans. Our fans, <laughs> see, because, look what's happened. You have encouraged him, and now his ego has grown and taken a life of itself. So, Todd, tell me what you spent the last two days doing in the Winnem Age. And if you're like, hey, I wanted to make sure we pulled over and got some some fucking corn nuts at the duckies, like that's all open on. Give, give me road trip vibes for the next two days. Uh, I've been, since now, Todd is in the possession of a motorcycle that he rolled up in the back of the Winter Majo. Um, he's been cleaning it and making sure that no one sits on his uh, his motorcycle. He, he is taking claim to it because it's his, and he better not see anyone touch his, his motorcycle. Okay. Todd, give me a insight check. You know, Todd's not a mechanic. <laughs> Uh, he is a urban bounty hunter, and Todd would be familiar with the general operation of the the driverless or the horseless carriages that are magically based that you see in Amsoon. As discussed, when these fir- things first appeared, they seem to run on a different type of engine. It doesn't have the combination of catapult spell and piston drive system that is powered that powers those other vehicles. This seems to be based on some kind of fuel. And as you're tinkering around and trying to figure this thing out. Give me an insight check and let's see what happens. A 12? Okay. Good enough not to set yourself on fire. All right. Unfortunately. <laughs> so you you can, uh, after kind of poking around, you can eventually discern that there is some kind of fluid in a large basin towards the front of the, uh, like a large sealed basin towards the front of the vehicle that has what smells a little bit like lamp oil in it, but it's not lamp oil. It's a little bit thinner and a little bit sharper. So you know that going forward, if you're going to continue to use this motorcycle, then you're going to need to either get it converted over to a magical engine or procure a steady source of whatever this liquid is. Or you could just try putting lamp oil in there and see what happens. <laughs> you never know. But it is it is a fantasy land. 
All right. I think, is there anything else Todd wanted to do road trip wise? Nah, just stay claim to that motorcycle. Okay, cool. Todd spends the rest of this time polishing his ride. That brings us to Moyle. Moyle, two days in the truck. What you got going? Uh, Moyle has definitely blown out the uh, toilet in the winter major. (laughs) First of all, first of all, thank you for making, not making me have to ask which character did that because that was going to be the... (laughs) I'm going to make y'all roll for that. Thank you for stepping up. Uh, I think we should roll for how badly he's blown it out there. <laughs> or, or who has to clean it up? Who has to clean it up? Oh, no. <laughs> who, who discovers it? I want to Not give Moyle. maybe a medicine Moyle. or Not nature. Moyle, give me a dexterity saving throw. The, despite <laughs> these being a large elevated vehicle, there is quite a bit of rocking back and forth. You're not necessarily used to, well, you know what? Since you're uh, used to being on a boat, you're used to actually shitting on a mobile privy. Uh, so you would have proficiency in it. So what would you get on your roll? A three. <laughs> Not good. Okay. So, there were, it was a bumpy ride. It was a very bumpy ride. A lot of uh, turbulence, land turbulence. I am not a huge fan of Eddie Murphy's later work, but there is a movie where he's running a daddy daycare uh-huh. and there's a scene where a kid who's having trouble being toilet trained uh, comes out of the bathroom and says he missed, at which point Eddie Murphy's co-stars approach the bathroom with a look of growing horror on their face. A very similar scene unfolds in the one major where Moyle, I think, I think goes in, you hear him get into it. Then you just hear boom, 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 boom. Like and the vehicle, yeah, it's a little bit rocky, but it's not that rocky. And then again, there's there's no flush system here. This is just a hole, and the the, <laughs> the shit just falls out. And then I think Moyle just leaves and doesn't say anything to anybody until the next person <laughs> discovers it. Give me a d, give me a d four roll, Moyle, to see which one of your <laughs> your co-workers, party members, discovers your situation. So that's a solid four, just like my logs. Okay. Do we get okay. to roll a saving throw? Real, well, we hold, no, hold on. Ooh, that would be Baba Day. Baba, you go to relieve yourself, probably the wine, I'm imagining. You've probably cleaned out the wine stock at this point with the way things have been trending. And you discover just, it's it's like somebody, well, you're familiar with Six-Sided Dice being as a D&D player. And you're also familiar with the fact that canonically Dragonborn shit cubes, <laughs> as we established earlier in the contest. So it's like somebody took... Like a 10-pound bag of six-sided dice and just <laughs> flung it at the room. But they're not like solid dice. They're more like the like the little, like, remember wacky wall crawlers? Oh. Imagine like a big bag of square <laughs> wacky wall crawlers that somebody had just flung into the room. And as you go to the, the restroom, we are not a family. Due to a nature of humor, <laughs> fantasy violence. <laughs> And Gore, I'd like to remind everybody that Party of Five is not a family-friendly show. That uh, that is what you discover as you as you move towards the bathroom. <laughs> what is this bullshit <laughs> that I have? It's not bullshit. It's Dragonborn shit. <laughs> <laughs> Come clean up this shit. I, I can't get jiggy with this shit. <laughs> You're closer. You touched it last. I'm not cleaning this shit. I will. I will. I will piss outside. <laughs> you can't. It's moving. The vehicle is moving. You can open up the back of the window major and piss out the back of the window major. If you want. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely will. Okay. Dexterity saving what throw to see if any piss is, comes back no, out. No, it's... That was if he was pissing... Have you ever... It's a fantasy he's world. Not pissing out the back of a cargo plane, Moyle. It's not like there's a rogue updraft that's going to come up 
and fucking splash it back. If he'd said, I'm going to go stand on the hood of the fucking car. Like a fucking crazy guitar guy on Mad Max. But he's, he's dirty motherfuckers. <laughs> well, is there anything else you'd like to do for your road trip turn? I would, uh, I would like some corn nuts or something with fiber in it. <laughs> you'd like to cast command command on yourself <laughs> so yeah you could you could stop at a duckies along the way and get as many bran muffins and corn nuts as you as you would care for all right moving on eldrin what uh what are you doing during that uh two-day trip uh so eldrin spent some some long stretches in meditation because he was pretty disappointed with his shoddy shot uh, the other day, uh, so he's just kind of trying to center himself, and then he went up on top of the Winnemejo while uh, traveling, just shooting targets from like super far away, trying to get his aim back. Uh, it seemed to go pretty well. Todd caught um, Elgin waxing a shaft. Whoa, s- slow down there. Now we we know there's a mechanic for seeing how well your shots go in this game. So go ahead and give yeah. me five d twenty rolls, and we'll see five D20 if anything rolls. crazy happens with you taking your practice shots, just shooting arrows off an elevated highway down into the swamp below. And I will tell you, if you get an eighteen to twenty, it will hit something. Okay. And if you get a one to three on the die, no bonuses. These are just straight luck rolls. One to three. It'll hit something. 18 to 20, it'll hit something. Keep in mind, well, I'll tell you afterwards. Go ahead and roll. Mm. You said 5d20s, right? Yep. All right, so we got 28. Oof, you got a, you got a 9, a 9, a 1, a 6, and a 3. So two shots as streak out. So, Eldrin, you've heard tale of the spirit owl Gasmosius. <laughs> It is typically seen as a omen of success and good fortune. And, you know, the legend is that this this owl will perhaps appear to you once during your lifetime and, and answer any question. And if you impress it, might even grant you a wish. Now, that's partially the legend. And as you line up your your third shot, you're feeling pretty good that you're going to be able to split the post of the mileage sign you see coming down towards you. And right as you release, as Moshis lands on the front of the Winamajo, looks you in the eye and says, Eldrin, I have news about your thump. And his head just explodes <laughs> in a burst of fur and down. He slides forward and kind of slides down on the front shield of the Winamajo. And then we're going to say Todd's driving at that point, And you just hear Todd engage the windshield wipers and it flops off and then tumbles back down the road. And then I will save what happens with that three for later in the podcast. Ooh, all right. <laughs> all right. That brings us to fate. Uh, we know fate spends some of his time over the next couple of days doing the magical experimentation to develop Mel's minute meteors. Uh, but what else is fate doing during this time period? So a couple of things. One, he, uh, he needed something to practice on inside of the window major, but he realized that, you know, there's no safe space for any of that. So, what he does do is he manages to, uh, from the back of the window major, he hears that um, Eldrin's up in the kitchen area. And so to test out his new, st- new spell, Misty Step, he just teleports into there, tries to scare the shit out of Eldrin. All right, Eldrin, give me a wisdom saving throw. Can't I detect portals? Isn't this like a thing I do? You 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 can detect portals. I think you've got to burn an activity. Don't no, just give me a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> Remember, 
you do have the ability to roll 1d4 and add it to any wisdom check once a day. I mean... And I will let you guys... You guys will have another long rest before you reach your destination. Do I want to waste it on this? <laughs> ah, yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> Fate, what's your spell casting DC? Um, it is a 17? Jesus, fuck all. No, no, wait, 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 wait. 16, 16. Okay, I about to say, you guys are getting powerful enough now, it's going to be real hard not to just completely throw shit at you. That is always the weird balance problem, is if you're, 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 your power level and your hit points don't always match up. All right, moving on. Give me the saving throw. Mm, got him. Mm. Mm. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> no, don't add the four. I get a 1d4 bonus, I have to it's roll not, the bonuses, and that, it's not going to be enough. <laughs> it's not going to be <laughs> Give me a startled reaction. <laughs> well, actually, we're going to do this. Fate, give me a dexterity saving throw real quick. Oh, oh no. This was not in the cards. Oh, he's going to just <laughs> react with a react very punchy. <laughs> 15. Okay, I'm going to say that Fate, you bamf in. What do you do to scare Eldrin? I just pop in right behind him and I go, hey. Uh, Eldrin uh, spins around, pulls his short sword out and almost shoves it into your sternum before you kind of <laughs> okay. twist out of the way and manage to not... Get stabbed by your teammate in the kitchen. Eldrin, thoughts? I was not too happy about that. You scared me a little bit too much. I kind of farted a little bit. Uh, and <laughs> No, stop. Shush. I need you to come with me. I was just testing something. Sorry. I need you to just come here. Come what? here. And so I'm trying to lead Eldrin to like the back corner of the Winter Major. Oh, okay. I need to talk to somebody. Uh, where is Moyle? Moyle is probably in the bathroom again. Knowing, seeing what happened. Oh, it was pretty bad. Perfect. He did. He did get a lot of brand muffins just a minute ago. Perfect. So I want to talk to, try to talk to Eldrin. Um, so um, I don't know if I'm just losing my mind, but um, do you recall a conversation we had recently with uh, with the the entity? Um, is really the best way to put it. Uh, by the, uh, I, I believe it presented itself as Orangine. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. So I'm not losing my mind, or either that, or we all are. Um, Thoughts on the situation? Uh, I mean, it, thoughts about which part of the situation? Um, all of it. I mean, we've been tethered to to each other behind this piece of the pentahedron, which was apparently a part of the god spire, and the gods aren't real. But we are no longer really part of this reality. It's it's a lot to process. The possibilities are seemingly infinite. What what do we do? And why is it that we can't involve Moyle in this? Well, the whole Moyle thing is because uh, he was saying that his god is kind of watching in on us. Uh, right. So he has to wipe his mind every time, right? Uh, I mean, we just need to just keep him out of the loop. Right, right. But what do we do with, like, how do we deal? Like, we can't, we need Moyle to come with us and be a cooperative team member to get ourselves untethered from one another. But we have to not include him in conversations. How does this, I don't, this is mind boggling how we're going to live through this. I'm hoping that maybe when we attune Moyle's uh, pentahedron powers, maybe something there will give us an answer. Uh, it seems. That seems far fetched at best. Maybe? I don't know. Listen, I'm just about as knowledgeable on this as you are right now. It's very, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you were serious. Sorry. Uh, carry on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were all there together, man. Like, <laughs> I, I seem to recall uh, you and I both asking a couple questions. Uh, 
so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do. It's 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 a lot to take in for sure. Well, all right. Well, I'll try to uh, find some time to question the others about this. But um, if you could maybe help me by distracting Moya whenever you see me trying to take the others aside, that would be um helpful. Uh, I can distract Moya. Just throw some drugs at him. He'll be all right. Noted. All right. That's all I got. Do you want to talk to any of the other? Um, I, I will say during this time period, if you want to maneuver around and talk to the rest of the characters about the situation, this is an opportunity for you to take that scene as well. Um, so during the period of time where I find Todd by himself, I start to say something to him and then I just think better of it and just say, F that I'm not even bothered with him. Um, smart move, smart move. <laughs> you, you hear from Todd's hip <laughs> nerd. <laughs> don't, don't come away with that stuff. <laughs> Get away from our bike, nerd. So instead, I go and try and find Baba. Todd, let's get a robe that says, if you can read this, the nerd fell off. And then let fate ride just a few times. <laughs> so, it's awesome. <laughs> so instead, I try and find Baba and have basically the same conversation with him, trying to get his thoughts on, you know, I'm asking Bob, Baba, do you have any, have any thoughts about what we need to do given the predicament we're in? Um, honestly, to, be, to tell you the truth, I'm, I'm far more concerned with my tribe then it, it, it's just, I'm just finding it hard to concentrate and even process without knowing the fate of, of my people. Um, something about the lady's story sounds strange to me. It, it did not fit. We don't, we don't die of disease. We don't, we don't succumb uh, uh, to sickness. So it, it doesn't fit. I, I'm, I'm just finding it hard to process any information past that. To be truthful. Well, uh, forgive me if I'm overstepping, but if I'm not mistaken, Sama isn't too far from the area we're headed to, correct? Perhaps? Yes, I as I, I have not uh, pressured us to move forward just because we were so close to, uh, to Moyo's. Um, stabilizing agent is the term Ognum used. St- stabilizing agent, yeah. Uh, so, so close to Moyo's stabilizing agent, I... I haven't pressed the issue, but yes, that is where I'm going next. Um, and if I have to drag you all with me, I will. Well, given what I've known of your abilities at this point, um, I do believe that you could drag us all with you. So um, please understand that you will not have to drag me. I will be glad to accompany you so we can try and figure this all out. And if that includes helping you find out what's happened to your people, then we'll be doing that. If I have any trouble, I will, um, I'd be uh, most gracious if you would <laughs> make Todd rest for most of the trip. <laughs> I kid, I like him. Wait, what? Oh, okay. I thought you were serious. Damn. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. It was fair enough. And and then Baba, take us home. What uh, What's Baba doing for his two days? So Baba's actually, I, I, want, I actually want to have a sit down with Todd. What? Um, I, want to, I want to talk to Todd, have a conversation with him. Uh, so, uh, so, so Todd, I, I have noticed your fighting style and I, I, I'm really trying to pick up some new things. I figure if I'm to go and fight for my people, um, the, the people will know how I fight, know what I do. I would like it. I'd appreciate it if you could, um, uh, how do they say it? Um, show me some moves. Oh. Oh yeah, I, I can definitely show you the moves. Um, I, I, I would, I would, you, the sneaky attack thing. What is that that you do? I would, I would love to sneaky attack. I, I mostly attack straightforward. Yeah, um, yeah, and it works well. Yeah, no, no. See, that's where you went wrong. So, what the key is, the key is, 
you wait till someone else attacks, <laughs> right? Oh, okay. And when they are engaged, yes. then you stab them with your knife. With your knife. See, I have no little weapons. I only have this. I have no little weapons to stab with. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Don't disrespect the knife. What? <laughs> That's right, brother. No, I was just saying it's 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 a small it's small smaller than this large spear that I use. Well, isn't a spear just a, a knife on on a stick? It's a longer knife on a stick. No, it's a knife on a stick. Stabbing. It's a knife on a stick. Mm. The, the spear is the, the knife part is just as in fact it's actually smaller than my short sword. His math checks out. It just it just seemed it just seemed to do so much less damage to enemies than than what than my than my spear. So I I just assumed that it was it's just a tiny little sword. I'm I'm doing a lot of damage to a lot of people, sir. Spreading it around. I'm moving around. You've seen the way I fight. Oh. You've seen you you've seen it. The, the way I'm sliding in fights, jumping, flipping. It's fucking deadly grace, man. <laughs> you, you hear him. You hear him, right? Do you see it? And you, and so you stab. You stab like in where? Where do you? So when you get the most damage, where do you stab? I just, I just stab in the chest. I try and take off heads. But like, what do you do? No, it's it's all about style points. Style would, points. Would you, yeah, it's 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 definitely a style point. I'm a, I'm un, I'm unfamiliar. Explain. Yes. Sometimes I may not even stab. Uh huh. I kick in vulnerable vulnerable parts. Like the bits, the bits. Gotcha. I've kicked, I've kicked someone in the bits to death before. Um, uh-huh. uh, stabbing is is good. Um, throat hitting. I've done all these different things. It's not about the one move. <clears throat> you have to have multiple maneuvers, sir. And that's where you're wrong. You just go into the fight, stand in front of them, and say, "Hit me!" Now, you got to be moved. Huh. okay. Okay, I, I I'm learning. I'm learning. I mean, I mean, stabbing is the best of his moves. I mean, let's be clear: it, stabbing is his best move. It is. It is the best move. It is. The, the, oh no, 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 Okay, that's. I just make it. Uh, that's right. I, I, I like. I like the bit kicking. Although I've seen you kick before, it must have taken a long time to kick someone in the bits to death. I blow doors oh. off. I blow doors off for my kicks. Okay. Hey man, he didn't get a good stretch in on some of those. You can't give him a hard time about those. He's got to get a good stretch in. I mean, these these leather pants too. Sometimes they just bind up if the humidity's bad. Don't don't give the man a hard time. Mm. Were, were you even there for the door kicking? I don't remember you being there. I rummage through Todd's listen, memories listen, while he's asleep, so I can listen, support okay. him in the method that he needs. Okay, I, I he knows just, me. Okay. He gets me. Yeah, he gets I, me. <laughs> Okay, on that note, Todd, with that statement, you can now treat Echo as a plus one weapon with whatever sword it turns into. Your bond with Echo he gets grows. Me and I get him. And now Echo <laughs> is a plus one whatever sword you want it to be for the purposes of two hit and damage. Thank you for the for the information, Todd. I will I will I will consult with you more about your fighting techniques as we as we travel, if you don't mind. Sure, sure. I'm always here to teach. That's right. Learn at the heel of the master or side of the master, whatever the something of the master. <laughs> you know what it is. You know what it is. You know the quote. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. So uh, you guys uh, travel along. You, you actually had skirted the edge of Hiko as you traveled south to kind of stay out of Church of Tritherion territory. And so you're a little bit further west than you needed to be as you headed into the peninsula. So you're actually heading a little bit northeast as you go in, back up towards the mainland into the deeper portion of the peninsula. And as you move 
more towards that central region, the the low-lying water and scattered ponds, transition from that coastal swamp marsh, which is a lot of a lot of that rolling grass and the occasional mangrove to what is what you're more used to seeing with inland swamps where it is it's still that st- still heavily covered with water still a lot of a shallow marshy bits with the, occasionally these low small islands popping out and in the distance you can see on some of the larger ones there are some clusters of some dwellings far in the distance on one side at one point you can see what looks like a huge raised metal platform, five or six stories up above the swamp on these seven or eight pier legs that you would assume to be a stilt dwarf oil derrick, um, as it, uh, it, it has a connecting kind of thoroughfare that you'll occasionally see a tanker truck pull out of. The trees transition to, to cypress, moss begins to become more prevalent and, and hang down. And then in the distance, towards the end of the second day of travel, kind of coming on the horizon, you see this towering butte just rise up from the swamp. It's the first one that you've seen. Were you to drive deeper into the southern fens, you would begin to see see more of these pop up. The, the dragonborn holds, there's one for each chromatic color and one for each metallic color. They are, uh, that's where the dragonborn live. They're largely insular societies. They have some relations with the other dragonborn holds within the regions, but the chromatic dragons and the metallic dragons are somewhat antagonistic, some more than others, like the blue dragons and the copper dragons have a really hardcore rivalry. Um, and sometimes it even crosses, you know, like the white dragons and the red dragons don't get along too great. Gold dragons and red dragons are somewhat consistently at war with each other. But but it's a low level of hostility. It's not like all-out war as that's prescribed by the Treaty of Nations, but there will be skirmishes. People will drive over to the, or will travel over to the, the buttes and like trash people's lawns and, and drive back. It's kind of low level vandalism, fights out in the swamp kind of thing. But as you, as you continue into that second day, this thing pops up on the horizon. And at first you're like, oh, okay, there's, there's the butte. That's, that's kind of where we're headed. But then as you get closer, it continues to grow in scale and size. And it's not quite like a a formation that you guys have encountered anywhere else. Baba, you're used to the mountains and jungles of, of Sama. The deep, deep, deep rainforest in Sama has just an incredible variety of different types of vegetation and the the mountain ranges down there are just incredibly majestic. But this is just this bizarre isolated piece of igneous rock jutting three miles straight up from the swamp with about a two mile circumference at the base. So for, for reference, think Devil's Tower, except almost three times as tall and three times as, as round at the base. It's actually a little bit bigger than that even. So this huge towering edif- edifice jutting just out of the swamp, just a solid coppery colored granite. And as you, as you get closer, again, it just begins to dominate the horizon and take up your entire view. After a two and a half episode fight, I really felt like I needed to let him blow off some steam and relax. And this is what I get in return. I sincerely apologize for that. Mid-show announcements. Got a new one this week. First off, as always, Harlan still occasionally pops up as a guest over at the Pop-Up Film Podcast. So be sure to give them a listen. Jamie is giving you all the gaming news you could ever want or need over on 3 Angry Gamers. Links in the show notes below. 
We're streaming now on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. So be sure to give us a follow on one of those channels if you're not already there. Again, links in the show notes below. We believe in making it easy. Super, super easy. This month, we've already done our deep dive DM explaining on multi-classing. Second week of the month, we've got our parties of five where the guys are going to be making characters inspired by the Guardians of the Galaxy. Up after that, we've got a multi-class challenge for roleplay versus roleplay. We're rounding out the month, hosting an interview with the host of the Secret Nerd Podcast. And since this is a magical five-week month, we've got something special we'll stream that fifth week. So the easiest way to stay on top of all that information is to be sure to follow us over on socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, really mostly Twitter. That's really where we provide most of our updates and informations, including when we're going live on streaming, what our streaming channels are, what our topics are. So be sure to head out to the internet and get us followed. And hey, while you're in the internet, you're in the neighborhood, it's a big place, you've gone all the way down the tube over to click on that follow button, might as well swing by the old podcast platform while you're out there. Do a little, uh, little of the old rate review subscribe, if you know what I mean. I know it's a refrain you hear on every single podcast ever, but it absolutely helps our show be more visible. A large number of people decide which podcast they're going to listen to next by what their feeds serve up to them. And those feeds are directly influenced by those clicks, those follows, those stars, those reviews. So please give the party a helping hand. Clearly, as you can hear, they need it. And hey, you Apple listeners, I know you're out there. We have analytics. Use your words. Get over there, leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Tell us who your favorite party member of five is, who your least favorite member of party of five is. The guys love it when they hear who their least favorite party of five member is. It's a toxic bro relationship. We love to hear from you either on social, on that review side. So please, we appreciate you taking the time to give us some feedback. Big special announcement this episode, and this isn't like a secret or anything. We just have finally gotten far enough into the process that we feel like we can start talking about it conclusively. We will be hosting our first charity event in late October to support Game to Grow, a fantastic nonprofit organization that there will be a link to in the show notes. There's a pattern here, folks. Stay tuned to those socials for more information on that, but it's going to be a 3v3, 5e PvP tournament with other podcasts and streams participating to help support a great organization and get their hands on the first Gimme to Belt championship belt. So stay tuned for more info, and that'll do it. Let's get on back into it. On with the show. And eventually you can see that there are a couple of ramps that split off from the elevated highway that pull down to this exterior plaza area where there are a collection of different caravans that have, have grouped together. And you notice right away that this isn't like a regular, like a regular trade grouping. It's not like, okay, these are, these are tourists coming. Because again, there's not, not a whole lot of people travel to the Southern Fens recreationally. The, the Copper Dragon Boardhold, the one that you're, that you're at, is the one actually closest into Nashtown. It's probably the one that gets the most tourism travel, which is still a very, very, very small amount. So they have relations with, with other races and they pop up. But again, it's predominantly a Dragonborn society. You notice these other, these other collection of tents and carts and vehicles, nothing like, like what y'all do. You can spot maybe one long-haul truck parked over to the side. No tanker trucks, no Stultdorf vehicles, but there's, it's almost a number of circus tents and where it looks like different groups of traveling performers have clustered together 
to start to kind of set up their base camp and to set up shop. Not a not like a carnival, not like a street fair, but if you imagine a bunch of different bard troops and acrobat troops and an occasional menagerie or two or circus have kind of pulled up into this large circular plaza area that is at the base of the Dragonborn Hold. Kind of as you go into the base of the tower, there is one just massive three-story double door carved into the mountain that serves as the portal. The other thing that you notice right away as you get to the base of this thing is what you originally had thought were kind of crags and deformations in the stone are actually these massive base relief sculptures, which have been carved into the side of it. Starting from the very top, which, you know, you you kind of crane your neck back and look up a little bit and it, it scales almost out of vision. And carved on a grand scale are images of giant copper dragons swooping through the sky and battling blue dragons. The dragon born themselves emerging from the swamp and crafting their society. It tells a little bit about a, a tale of the people almost. Some of it is a little bit less archaeological as the very quickly the pictures of the dragonborn emerging from the swamp transition into those of them partying, quite frankly. There's a good section that looks like it's dedicated to some form of dragonborn Kama Sutra that you can tell. Oh. It's pretty explicit. Obviously, this is Moyle's people. So if you think like Petra, like the temple that's in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade that's carved into the side of that mountain, that's very much what the entrance to this place appears to be. This giant stone archway with columns coming down in front of it that are carved into the face of this periphery copper granite. And then all these scenes of dragonborn cavorting, dragons flying through the air in battle, dragons coming down and teaching the dragonborn magic, the, the dragonborn conducting different types of agriculture uh, within the swampy area, the dragonborn building the butte. Uh, there it does appear to be a scene at some point of two giant multi-headed dragons fighting in the sky above Arnosia, the planet. So it's extremely visually overwhelming. And then as you focus in on some of the smaller details, you see that there are balconies. And after about 300 feet up, you begin to see what are clearly portals to different residences kind of spotting the side. Like not, not like all organized tightly together like an apartment complex, but you can see spread across it that this is where some of the wealthier families that might own a residence that is tapped into the exterior edge have sunrooms built in. So there'll be a large colonnaded plaza set slightly back, almost like a Julia balcony. So you have these columns and it's set back and you can see there's a, there's a living space in there all the way up to towards the top, interspersed into these different carvings de depicting the Dragonborn Hold. The other thing that stands out really quickly is the sound of revelry and music, both in the entertainment camp and echoing out from the Hold itself. You don't see that many Dragonborn outside. The entertainer's camp almost seems like their base camp. You will see you see a troop of jugglers and jesters in their motley. You see them go up to the gate, talk to a squad of dragonborn guards wearing this incredibly elaborate copper plate mail armor and wielding these huge halberds that occasionally crackle with electricity. And then you see them talk a little bit and you see one of them pull out a, a crystal and this crystal flashes across the entertainers and then they go inside. And you guys are able to pull the Winamajo down off one of the exits and find a little area to pull aside and park in. Moyle, I mean, this is this is where you were born. I mean, you you kind of had a vibe that this was coming, that this is where you were headed. But 
very much this is where the the road ends. The the tracker shows that you need to continue to head to the northeast, but the roads don't go there. So just off the top of your head, this, you know, we, originally you guys had talked about finding like an oil derrick or someplace to stow the Winnemajo before heading deeper into the swamp. This would appear to be what's going to be your base camp for that journey inland. So this was likely the safest place for you to leave the Winnemajo unless you want to go and try and find a stilt dwarf settlement, but that'll take you kind of in a perpendicular direction where the tracker is showing you need to go. And don't forget, you do have Augstar you can communicate with if you need to. But on that note, Moyle, you found yourself at your ancestral homeland, a, a place that you have, well, when was the last time you were here? Well, uh, the last time Moyle was here was when I was 16 years old. Let me let me take you back to where it all began. <laughs> I'm assuming you're telling. Do you yeah. want me to, is that what you were looking for? Or? Well, I just, I mean, are you, I'm asking you to, to, to fill in. Yeah. I mean, give me a little bit of like, are you, ta- are you talking to the party at all and telling them like, oh guys, I haven't been here since I was 16 or um, are you just keeping, you keeping quiet about it? Well, uh, Moyle would be very anxious and nervous to be back. He has not returned since he left Okay. and had vowed never to return. Okay. Fate's nosy enough to ask questions and he knows you're from here. Then ask some fucking questions, Fate. So, uh, Moyle, Moyle, um, I'm just noticing the strong concentration of Dragonborn and you being Dragonborn and this being an area full of Dragonborn. I have to ask, are you, this is, this is from your, this is your home, is it not? Well, sort of fate. Uh, you see, I was an orphan like many of us here and I only knew my parents until I was about six. When I was six, I wandered off. I wandered down the butte and that was a normal thing to, as a kid to play around and go down and then go down to the swamps, play a little. And when it got started to get dark, I'd climb back up and, you know, go to dinner, go to bed, do kid stuff. But one day I didn't return. I got lost. I was. And, uh, well, I was six and I wandered deep into the dense swamps of the Southern. We're in the Southern Fens. Yes. Southern Fens. Correct. Yeah. I wandered deep, deeper into the Southern Fens than ever before. I nearly died out there. Lost and confused, my fears and paranoia took over my mind. Strange noises never silenced. I couldn't sleep. I thought my parents would look for me and find me, but they never did. I survived a little while by catching small alligators for sustenance, but they were so lean that I wasn't putting on any weight. Near the edge of death, I collapsed. I awoke briefly to a small elderly woman named Gundren dragging me. There's no, no one's going to interrupt me. Okay. I'll just keep going. I was actually, I was actually about to. Um, so was, uh, is, was Gundren another dragonborn? No, no. Gundren was a small halfling, very small, even for a halfling. She was an elderly impish woman, but she nursed me back to health. And as I gained strength and size, I also learned Gundren's voodoo-style swamp magic. Huh. For ten years, I worked for her. Chopping wood, wrangling pythons, shaving her feet, and greasing her bunions. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's a hard-knock life, sir. It's a hard-knock life. Oh, yeah. That's right. That is some street cred. Yeah, I'm a real orphan, Annie. <laughs> it's a hard-knock life, sir. I, was, I, was, uh, I would wish for my bald savior, but he did not come. Who? I think that's what he calls his penis. <laughs> <laughs> that is the smartest thing I've heard come from the general direction of Todd. Hey, 
Hey, I go by another name. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Now, it's my Japanese. Most penis talks. Most penis talks. What just happened? You see him do the little hand puppet thing and put it down his pants <laughs> for some reason, and then do that. Voice. <laughs> I stick my finger. I stick my finger out the zipper. And, and just wiggle it. Yeah, we know it's bigger than the actual. <laughs> oh no! Inappropriate, inappropriate, right. Moyle. There's kids around. Moyle, just you, just keep sharing, Moyle. I'm here. <laughs> just keep sharing, buddy. I'm so proud of you right now. <laughs> Thanks, Baggy. I appreciate having you in my corner. I don't. I hadn't forgotten that I was here. Don't worry. Did he just say that out loud? Who the hell is he talking to? M- Moyle, Moyle. Who's who's Baggy? I wiggle wiggle my finger some more to try and distract them. <laughs> Moyle, who's Baggy? He must be talking about his balls or something. Fucking weirdo. Uh, I don't know who's uh, you know, you. Who's <laughs> you? <laughs> who's you? Who's, who's you? Who's who? Who is you? Uh, I am Groot. <laughs> Who are we all? Who are any of us? Existential this conversation right now. You're you're Todd the motherfucking tiefling, and I think we know it. Am I right? Oh, that 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 for sure. We know this. You guys know it too. Can we all hear? We can hear Echo though. Oh God, yes, yeah. Echo, yes. Echo is obnoxious. <laughs> I love how Echo really does seem like Todd's personality. Just another arrogant being. Yeah. <laughs> His name is Echo. <laughs> Is it arrogance or is it just the truth? It's fucking awesomeness, Todd. It's fucking awesomeness. God damn it. <laughs> it makes total sense. It's fucking badass. I don't know what the you're talking about. Echoes like echoes Lemmy. Well, Moyle, I was unaware that you had lived such a harsh early life. How did you eventually find your way to being a sailor? Well, that's a great question. So uh, I went back to town a couple of times, uh, twice with Gundren. And it, the third time I finally went by myself, I was 16. And it's a long way to town because she lives, again, really deep in those swamps. And um, Gundren said it would be all right uh, that I would find my way. And she gave me the charm that I wear around my neck uh, the night before I left. Uh, but uh, she might have just meant to, to town when she said that I would find my way. Anyways, I wanted to see the Feast of Bahuan. So I set off in the morning. It's about a two-hour walk into town, at least. And if I hadn't already known the way, I don't think I would have made it. It is a three-day journey into town. But say you lost your you lost your parents on a two-hour walk. <laughs> can I can I uh, correct that? <laughs> Moyle, it's a three-day journey, buddy. That's if you know the way, and you, and Jamie does good on his survivor rolls later on for when you guys travel into the swamp. Uh, it was a three-day journey into uh, into town. Uh, from uh, from Gundrens. Well, wow, two hours really does sound kind of terrible. Like, <laughs> but, you know, you hear about these people that get lost on a, on the side of a, a trail in a popular park. You're next to a two mile high tower. Like somebody could have stood on their back and be like, "There he is, there." Ten, ten there. minutes you can find him for two hours. I didn't know. I, I keep forgetting. I only think of the swamps. Swamps. I never think of the buttes. Yeah. Well, because it's a weird, magical fucking formation. <laughs> It was a uh, three-day journey into town. By the time I got there, the party was in full effect. Float parades, dwarves pissing on themselves, a triton pleasuring itself behind a bakery. What? I hadn't realized 
This was the kid-friendly part of the show. Oh, no. <laughs> Night crept in, and the streets flooded with dragon boards. All different scales <laughs> I had never seen before. Well, but I'm gonna I'm gonna back you up real quick on that. That's the nope. one thing. Right. It's the the copper dragonborn, like where you guys are at right now. You they they generally keep in those. There'd be a few golds and a few silvers, but for the most part, it would be all copper dragonborn. That's the only edit I'm giving you on your feast of Bahumat lore. Is they tend to keep to themselves a little bit. You guys would have some gold and silver visitors, but quite frankly, the fucking copper feast of bahumat gets way more out of hand than the other ones the the float parade i floated by you that doesn't No, that happens but it's just your with uh the with the queen and king you can have a queen and king but they would both be copper oh the the copper dragonborns hate blue dragonborns uh night crept in and the streets flooded with dragonborns all copper few others i became drunk and disoriented Far more than you've ever seen me before. I mean, remember those mushrooms? I, I do. Child's play. Child's play, my friend. <laughs> the whole night became a blur. But when I awoke, my mouth was as dry as sand, and my head was filled with monkeys playing cymbals. <laughs> I cleaned the sleep from my eyes and noticed a turtle lay beside me. This churning in my belly told me what happened. Oh, the shame. Oh, no. (laughs) It was covered in mollusks and propeller scars. I dry heaved a little and lurched out of there. With a head full of thunder and a belly full of regret, I nosed the distinct smell of coffee until I stumbled into the Marine's office. The recruiter greeted me, and as I poured myself a cup of coffee, sluggishly sipping my beverage and sobering up, This man in a clean-pressed white shirt told me about how I would see the world aboard a big gray ship. That sounded all well and good. But then this upright man said I needed to change my clothes and cut my hair and start to yell at me and tell me about the training, at which point I realized where I was and casually walked out on him (laughs) mid-sentence. I walked next door to the Merchant Marine's office. Uh, something you might not know is many of the stores are just in alphabetical order in uh, in this part of town. In Dragonborn society, that is now canon. That is now canon. Marines, Merchant Marines, Navy. It starts, well, it starts with Air Force, Army, <laughs> which is really just a bunch of steamships, but we don't really have an Air Force. Or a Navy. Noted. Any of that. <laughs> we, have, we, have a, we do have a Navy. They're mostly um, airboats. <clears throat> no, you don't. There's already an airboat thing that's <laughs> planned for later on in this arc, and we're saving airboats for that. So, But there are Marines, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are. You, I will say that there are indeed Marines. Yeah, no other branch. <laughs> all, every other branch went under. The building is still there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a swamp. There's, they're all Marines uh, here. And then next door to the Marines is the Merchant Marines office, <laughs> where I was greeted by a friendly... Yon T lady who offered me an entry level job on the spot. She said they'd be leaving this afternoon and I could not sign the papers quick enough. And at the age of 16, when I left her office and headed towards the dock, I vowed never to return to this place and experience that shame again. So, so, so Moyle, you're not really an orphan. You just lost your parents. No. I mean, does that not count? No, your parents aren't dead. They just didn't love you. That's all. <laughs> you, just, you just can't find your parents. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you're just equating my parents to car keys that I just disappeared. <laughs> sure. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. While that is an important 
an important point. I've got to point out more so that Moyle seemingly did the walk of shame out of his <laughs> own town entirely. Fuck a turtle. <laughs> not, not just out of his own town, out of his own society and his own culture. A walk of shame that turned into a boat ride, yes. <laughs> Moyle completed a walk of shame out of his own life. <laughs> well, if you had seen that turtle, you might have had second thoughts of where you were. <laughs> okay. Well, sir, I um I applaud the uh the 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 tenacity it takes to commit to something like that uh, just on a moment's notice. I I cannot ever begin to imagine the way your mind or understand the way your mind works. No one can understand the way his mind works. Yes, and neither do I, and that is why mm. Ralishas is my god. All right. Have have you been back to see uh your teacher since then now? Gundren Grundle? Grundle? <laughs> Grundle, <laughs> grundle, like the the bit under your butt. What? Your grundle, your taint. <laughs> <laughs> what? Todd. See, I was going with Beowulf. What was the monster from Beowulf? Grundle. Yeah, that's where I went. Grundle. Yeah. But no, the grundle is the area. The grundle is like your taint. So that's what I thought you. Said. <laughs> Much like keister seals, now I have to create a monster called the grundle. <laughs> The Grundle is a stinky area. <laughs> the Grundle Grundle? I think Todd is on Winnemajo duty. And I have had many a brand muffin. <laughs> Wait, no. Right, as you guys look at the, the locator dot, you can see that the agent is pushing you deeper into the swamp. And uh, again, the Winnemajo is extremely all-terrain. Isn't doesn't require roads, but it's not a boat. It does not float, and its weight would more than likely cause it to sink into some of the marshier, marshier bits. We established the tires are solid rubber, so there's no buoyancy there whatsoever. So it's not a boat at this time. Ognum is pretty magical. You may maybe modify it if you guys want him to down the road. So do we have to we have to rent a boat? Well, you're going to need to head in on foot for, it appears to be about a three-day travel to the next kind of waypoint where this thing is directing you. You do notice that there is a handle on the, the locator, and as you pop it out of its casing, it actually shrinks down to be handheld, and it's now the size of about a, uh, a large grapefruit and almost has a little bit of a magic eight ball quality to it to where you shake it up and hold it. It pops up with a little arrow and the little viewport pointing you the direction that you need to go. So you guys would need to get supplies, gear up for a swamp journey inward, and inside the hold was going to be the most most reasonable place to do that. One other thing you notice as you kind of glance back up at these balconies and the massive carvings there, uh, occasionally on some of the larger plaza balconies, you'll see a group of, you're, you're guessing, female dragonborn kind of milling about with these giant, let's say about yard long glasses in their hands, sipping something. And a group of two or three male dragonborn will wear up wearing these long kilts and pull their front of their kilts up and expose themselves to the lady dragonborns and you hear you'll hear them go woo and throw these like look like beaded necklaces at them and there appears to be some kind of junk flashing for beads ritual that's going on classic signaling to you moyle that you guys have arrived in fact during the feast of bahumat and what is very well known as the fucking rowdiest feast of bahumat that takes place in the southern fens because if you can imagine an entire giant 
towering stone edifice full of moils, mm. you now have a grasp for what's going on inside that bizarre igneous formation that has been carved to be a towering stone city. So, what you do? Oh, I want to add that um, there is a special relationship or bond that forms when the woman is able to throw the necklace and it is caught on the wiener. So many a dragonborn will take a special vitamin to encourage blood flow throughout the festival. And, and what's the name of that vitamin? I don't remember. I was too young. It is special to this region, but I will ensure you that I will be looking for that. But rhino pills or something like that, I don't remember. Any any uh, any companies that are listening, if you'd like to us us to insert a blue chew adver- advertisement during this, <laughs> this would be the perfect opportunity for us to <laughs> sponsor for blue chew. Brought to you by Mega Wang. Mega Wang. <laughs> I, uh, I I have mentioned blue chew on the podcast before, but since we have not received monies, I thought best not to. Well, we've worked it into lore now, so. They, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yes, the blue chew. <laughs> All right, so you guys have got the tent city, which is populated by a just a cluster of different. You think of like backstage at a at a music festival. It's kind of very much what it looks like back there. You've got a bunch of different bards setting up and tuning their instruments, tumblers practicing, um, a couple of guys that look like they're juggling different uh, balls and knives and swords and flames. Clearly, a couple of illusionists performing real and stage magic, and then. You know, a couple of a couple of looky loos, a couple of gawkers. That not a whole lot of the dragonborns have come out. Most of them are are either watching down from the balcony or paying attention to what's what's going on inside. And then you guys have got the single giant entrance guarded by that that squad of dragonborn in armor. Moyle, hey Moyle, it's me, Baggy. What's up, Bags? Hey Moyle, can we? Hey Moyle, can we get a minute, man? Yes, I got uh, a couple of things, man, real quick. Yeah, what's up? Hey, first of all, Moyle, I want to tell you how proud I am of you, the, the level of emotional honesty that you just displayed to your friends. You know, I would have thought, though, that they would have been a little bit more empathetic. It seems like they, uh, I don't know, it just seems like they could have been nicer. They didn't even, they didn't even ask you about your ton of troubles that you had back there in the bathroom. They just seemed to get upset. <laughs> I know it's like it's like Todd's rubbed off on all of them. I know that Todd, he's kind of a bad influence, Moyle. I don't know, Moyle. Give me a real quick wisdom saving throw. Seven. Oh no! Don't roll from D and D Beyond. That's what I'm learning. Hey man, that second charity stream I did, I rolled. That's the best I've ever fucking rolled in my entire life. It was all like 17s or higher, right up to the very fucking end. I was like, I am never going to roll this good again, motherfucker. <laughs> it was all D and D Beyond. I rolled twenty, however, as a harsh mistress. The uh, you do feel. You're picking up what Baggy's putting down, man, and that sinks in a little bit. It doesn't immediately change your behavior, but the the saving throws that you're failing to Baggy will come into play at a late. Matt Baggy will remember those failed saving throws later. <laughs> Moyle, I, I got, oh, God, buddy, this is going to be hard, a hard one, too. I got a big favor to ask. What is it? I need you to kill your friends. What? <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. See, you see that that's the thing with negotiating. You start big and then you go smaller. I don't think that's how negotiating works. <laughs> I, I, well, I've read the art of the deal when Todd wasn't looking. Uh, Moyle, I do think it does. Uh, Moyle? <laughs> I need, when you go in the swamp, I need you to leave me behind, buddy. What? Why? Moyle, as a bag of hammers, I am not the most buoyant individual, and I... But who, 
Who will hold my hammers? Well, they, there's a regular bag of hammers, a regular bag, a backpack over there on in the storage area. If, could you just use that this one time? A backpack of hammers? A backpack of hammers? But I, Bad, you abandoned me at this crucial junction where I'm coming home and I'm scared and Sometimes I feel like you're my only friend, and I'm only stuck with these guys because of this damn shard. Moyle, first of all, I am, I am your only friend, and if I ever left you forever, you would be alone in a ceasingly bleak, endless existence of isolation and misery. So, you really ought to stay on my... Go- okay, well, you don't, need, you don't need to go that far, Maggie, okay? It's just not safe for me, Moyle. You just can keep me here in the Winnemajo. I'll be safe in the Winnemajo. Don't you love, Baggy? Moyle. What's, uh... Baggy loves you. But, but Baggy, if you love me, then why don't you come with me? Moyle, what? because I would sink and fall in the swamp. I just... I'll keep you safe. I need, I need you to do this, Moyle. I, I need, I need you to leave me here, buddy. It's, this is a journey you have to take on your own. Well... Trust Baggy. Maybe you could get me another hammer and call it even. I'll make you a deal, Moyle. While you're gone, I will spend my alone time to meditate and to focus my interdimensional pocket, and I will have a special hammer surprise for you when you get back. That's my guy. I will do some void kegels and make my demiplane <laughs> strong and firm for your hammers when you return. And that's why I love you, Baggy. Not just because of your your void, <laughs> although I am a fan of your void. <laughs> oh God! You work hard on those kegels. <laughs> <laughs> I was fine. It's all fine. Talking about big things. <laughs> oh God! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not demi-plane, not demi-plane kegels. Baggy loves you too, Moyle. You, don't worry, I'll be here right when you get back. Give, give me a hug, give me a hug, Baggy. You, his little flappy burlap ties that normally wrap around and keep him shut, wrap around you, Moyle. Oh, I can feel the warmth. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> Moyle, Moyle sticks a finger in the void. What? No. Too soon, Moyle. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Too soon. Part of the deal. <laughs> what? That's how you negotiate. You ask for a little more than maybe you should. That's how you negotiate. <laughs> right, checks out. Too shy, Moyle. Too shy. Enjoy the feast of Bahamut. Be proud of your bald-headed savior. Thank you. Okay. My crop uh, is out. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's weirder to you guys. The fact that Moyle occasionally addresses his bag of hammers, which you don't hear ever speak back, or that he's created a Muppet voice for his penis that he then actually, you actually do hear. But Moyle is not very good at throwing his voice. All right. You guys, you got the tent base camp for the performers. You can go check out, or you can go ahead and head into the city. The goal here is for you guys to go in and procure whatever you think you would need to do a deep swamp journey. Deep swamp journey. Um, I'm going to need a uh, album from Creedence Clearwater Revival. And make sure you take a hammer. Okay. Creedence album. Noted. Swamp. Creedence Cl- Copper Revival. What's in these swamps? Is it rodents of unusual size? I don't believe they exist. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a survival check there, Toddington. 
So, <laughs> I rolled eight. Oh yeah, a solid nine, strong nine. Todd, there is um, there's water. There are swamps. I mean, you know for a fact there's dragonborn because you can see them. <laughs> there's at least one turtle that's gotten some action in the last sixteen years. <laughs> there's those bards over there. There were some owls, but not as many. <laughs> killer bees. We established there were some killer bees because Eldrin shot a bee's hive Dang. earlier. Dang. Other, but other than that, I mean, swamp stuff, alligators and fish All right. and so, birds. Yeah, I have no clue what's going on. <laughs> You're an urban bounty hunter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you would know what an alligator is because they're, they're fucking all over the sewers of Amsoon. <laughs> but... They they let them go when they were younger. They had them as pets, and then they just put them in the sewer. Now they're just they're just filled with. They them. work for the city. They're they were hired. <laughs> they're awakened alligators. They're the fucking crew. I mean, what are you gonna do? And if I can send people down there, they they love it down there. Todd's uh, Todd's gonna look for a bubble goose. <laughs> so because uh, he's yes he he's an urban survivalist. So okay, since I am an urban survivalist and I have not been here, uh, mosquito and bug repellent. I am not a very big fan of bugs. Todd is going to shop for fantasy off. <laughs> yes, correct. So I guess let's, but let's take it, let's take it back a level guys. Step one would be, do you want to go talk to the entertainers or do you want to go get in the city? If you want to go talk <laughs> oh. to the entertainers, turn to page 38. <laughs> if you want to go into the city, turn to page 52. What are, what are the entertainers doing right now? They're entertaining. This actually looks more like the backstage mm. area. So there, there's a lot of, they're tuning up instruments. They're doing, you know, they're doing some stretches. They're practicing routines, having a few casual drinks, cooling down after they come out to a show. So it's kind of a, the backstage prep area at a big music festival. You know, you see some of them, tie, like some of the tumblers and weirder clowns tuning up their giant fucking one big wheeled bicycles. A couple of unicycle guys playing some kind of fucking Frisbee game. At this point, Todd sees the tumblers and he immediately goes to try to one up them because he is very, very acrobatic and wants to just show them that he's good for no other reason, just to showcase his badassness. Todd, you don't have to justify yourself. These guys are fucking amateurs. Let's show them what a pro does. Let's go. <laughs> so Todd, you see Todd kind of walk out into, and for lack of a better word, we're going to call it a parking lot. So like imagine a giant parking lot, like Disney parking lot around the base of this tower. Even with some like posts coming out of the ground with different swamp animals, you guys are currently parked in the Python lot. Mm -hmm. Remember Python 12 for where the Winter Mage is at? <laughs> Todd kind of walks over by the tumblers and is going to give me an acrobatics roll. Yes. But before the, the roll happens, he doesn't even say anything. Todd doesn't even say anything. He just goes in the middle of the crowd and just moves them out, almost as if he's about to start breakdancing just to get it some space. As I make this, do I have to say what I'm going to do first or do make the We're going to let the dice tell the story. So you're going to roll that dice <laughs> and depending upon the number that comes up, you're going to describe how that. Listen, I, I, got, I got new acrobatic skills. We're going to give you a DC 15 here because Todd Todd wouldn't go easy. He would at least go moderately challenging on his floor routine. On the floor routine? On his floor routine, yeah. Todd is Todd would at least pick a moderate level of difficulty. And he is going to, ooh, 11. <laughs> okay. So not terrible, mm -hmm. not impressive, because no. the DC there was for you to be impressive. So you don't fall on your ass, but you don't, doesn't look great either. Oh, so I'm giving you the routine? Give me the routine. All right. But don't put a shine on that turd. Because it's a little bit of a third. So Todd actually just starts off as he spread, moved everyone out of the way. He starts by doing what looks like karate moves, but they aren't quite karate moves. So he's just like, 
and he then does the spinning back kick, lands on his back, and tries to kick up, and doesn't quite work as well as he thought it Damn, was. Damn, Todd. Did you get your routine from Steven Seagal? Listen, listen, that worked a whole lot better in my head when I saw it. That, that was awesome, Todd. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. It's not awesome. He, he meant to do that. That was exactly what in, it was intended. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the moves, guys? From the corner, you just hear fate. Boo! What? What? Who said that? Who said that? Show yourself. Show yourself. He's right there. I did. <laughs> and fate with no fear in his heart. No, he should have fear. They kind of look around, they look at Todd, and they shake their head a little bit and just kind of go back to milling around and, and doing what they're doing. Damn it. That was supposed to be impressive. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I entertain. Was that fun for you? Hmm? <laughs> it was. It was supposed to be my big routine. That's That's how I... That's how I make friends. That's how I get introduced. That was my, my uh, what is it? What's it called? How I break the ice. And it, it uh, didn't go like I wanted it to. Well, it looks like you shaved up a whole glacier. Looks like you almost broke yourself. <laughs> All right. Do you guys want to talk to any of the entertainers? Or are you just going to go go into the city? I vote to be going to the city. I would like to talk to one of the stilt dwarves. And there's no, that, now, there's not any stilt dwarves oh. here. The stilt dwarves are the oil engineers and the French guys. I don't have a contentious relationship with the Dragonborn. If you think back to the lighthouse, there was that tapestry depicting some kind of peace treaty between the two, but the stilt dwarves are hard into the mercantile guild at this point, while the the Dragonborns really don't give a fuck. They've got their societies. They're going to do their things. They're dragon people. They're badass. These dwarves with their little stilty things and the weird accents, they don't, they don't associate with them. They're kind of rude to them. And stilt dwarves generally, not a whole lot of them go into the entertainment industry. They're very laser focused on the oil industry. So fate's got a weird idea. So we're basically backstage, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm looking for like the bards and I'm trying to see if I can find somebody uh, to talk to about, all right, I just want to, let me, let me talk to one of the entertainers. Just who's, who's close by. Give me what kind of entertainer you want to talk to. Give me a genre of entertainer you want to talk to. Somebody bougie, like it's going to need like, like a musician or something. You can come up to a group of bards that are tuning up their instruments. It's a five piece group. There's two, two lute players, a drummer, a jazz flautist, and a guy who looks like he's sitting behind a steam powered harpsichord. They kind of look up at you and then go, mm. yeah, what's up, man? And kind of go back to there. Oh, gentlemen, um, I, I've got a question for you. I know in um, these these areas and these situations that um, parties tend to get a bit out of control, don't they? And you see them kind of look around a little bit and then catch the eye of this big, burly, like the biggest built frigging elf you've ever seen. Elves don't normally go for Big Jack and Rip, but this guy is. And they nod at him and, Nark! Nark! And this guy walks over and goes, you got to get out of here, buddy. Jesus. <laughs> you don't need, to, don't need to bother the entertainers. Who, do you even have a backstage pass? Wait, wait. Get out of here. Are we all together? Wait, I... I <laughs> and he chest bumps you a little bit. I mean, yeah, you guys are standing in this big open parking lot. You just saw Todd do some fifth grade breakdance moves. Right. Fate walked up to a band and got posted as a narc and is now a roadie's trying to run him off. Immediately. Well, he's got he's got some big narc energy. I, I can assure you, I am no narc. Moyle, Moyle, could you come here, please? Uh, guys. This dude is chest bumping you. Like, you need to get out of here right now. And he chest bumps you yeah, a little I'm bit. I'm slowly backing up, but also trying to call Moyle hey, over. Hey. To it's cool. It's cool. Get your buddy out of here, man. Moyle, sh show the man. If he's a cop, he has to take it out of here. That's cool. He's he's just a nerd. I thought you gentlemen might be interested in taking in some of the uh, goods my friend here has. You trying to sell drugs? Get get out get out of here, fake. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this 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 not gonna go well for him. No, no. Ah, uh, I'm sorry about that, guys. Uh, he's uh he's a book nerd. You know he. 
he saw everyone else cutting loose and he thought he could too. Look, man, you're, you're a dragonborn and we're contractually obligated to be nice to you guys, no matter how buck wild you get right now. But that guy just smells like a, like a friggin' mercantile guild narc. And we, you know, we've already been popped twice in this region. We don't want to go, we don't, we can't, can't deal with another one and getting our license revoked. So just take your boy, go into the city, have a good time. Wow. All right. Uh, but, uh, before we leave, uh, Dragonborn to Elf. Where's the good shit at? Oh, you want the good shit? What are you looking for? <laughs> uh, well, I got a three-day journey coming up, so if you got any uppers and... You see him kind of reach back behind his back and spin around a fanny pack that you hadn't noticed before? He's like, you're looking to go up, you're looking to go down. Would you tell me sideways which way you want to go, brother? Well, uh, hey, hey, hey. It looks like we're having a good journey out of the way to the swamps. Oh, listen, my man, what's your name? Oh, thank you for asking. I didn't even get the opportunity. <laughs> Bro, be less of a narc, Fate. I know. I mean, I know that's out of character for you. But... <laughs> I thought that was great. Pretty on 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 brand. Yeah, it's pretty on point. I mean, come on. going to be more on point than that. Fate's like, you know what? Everyone else is taking trucks. Maybe I'll try some. <laughs> he goes, yeah, my name's Caps. The band back there is Zig, Zag, Zaps, Zips, and Kicks. <laughs> Uh, anyways, Caps, uh, I'm not going to remember all that, but look, uh, I would love some uppers and, and some diagonals. Yeah, hey, no problem. And he kind of pulls it. Okay, no problem. So he pulls out a uh, little bottle with about six pills in it and then another little Ziploc baggie that appears to have some kind of folded up pieces of paper in it. He goes, here you go, man. 40 gold. 40 gold. Jesus. Are you kidding me? What is this? What kind of price? This is what, is, what kind of prices are these? You're acting... Like I'm a freaking high schooler. At- you see him take the drugs, stick them back in his fanny pack, zip them up, flip around, and walk away. Oh, <laughs> uh, whatever. You're not going to cast anything on him? <laughs> I don't deal with those kind of BS prices. That's malarkey. That's oversell. I should have read out of the deal. You do still have a few toots of Ogdom's amphetamines that he gave you, and then you do have that Coke you got from Brewster McCracken way back in the day. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Moving on to where, all right, what are you guys doing? You want to talk to some more entertainers or are we going into the city? City. Yeah, let's go. Into the city. Let's go, guys. The cadre of the Dragonborn Guards stops you as you post up. The The captain walks forward to only address you, Moy. Like he clearly clocks you as a copper Dragonborn. And he goes, Bonjour, y'all. Welcome to the copper Dragonborn hold during the Festival of Feast of... I forgot what the fuck it was called for a moment. Feast of Bahumat. The Feast of Bahumat. How you doing? My name is Kobe Swobor Dragonscald, <laughs> as named by one of our patrons for supporting, but you can call me Kobe Swoboard for short. What can I do for you? Oh, well, Mr. Swoboard, it's uh, been a number of years since I've been back here, uh, and uh, this is a new experience for my... For your servants? Yeah, no, I see you brought a whole posse of servants with you. That's... Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you see it like that. Servants, man. Because this should be fun. Yeah, I serve no one. (laughs) I'll fight. That's what I do. (laughs) Well, right on. Just remember, you're responsible for everything those fellas do while they're up on in our city. And uh, you you go right on in. Uh, Real quick, I just got to scan you with the crystal. And he pulls a... About a four-inch quartz-esque crystal. It, it looks a little bit like some of the minerals that have been pulled out of the hold. And it scans across you real quick, Moyle. And it dings for a second. He goes, well, that's, that can't be right. That's, that's right on strange. Hold on just a minute there. And he kind of shakes a little bit, scans over you again. And it, bing, dings again. He goes, well, that's, well, that's not, that's not possible. 
this is telling me you're the you're the lost Mossbergs boy. Uh, why would you be looking for a lost Mossberg? Well, sir, one of the richest men in the city loses his son. It it's a it's a big piece of news. Oh, you didn't say he was rich. Wait, 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 rich? I I believe there's a reward for your safe return. Hang on just a minute here. Absolutely. That's why we were bringing him home. Oh, he's... (laughs) He scooches up next to you, Moyle, and he holds the crystal up, and he uh, does like a big selfie pose. Come on, scooch in. I got to get you in here. Get out of here, Kobe. He scans the both of you. Fate slides in, too. He wants to be in the picture. He just totally ignores Fate. (laughs) 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 Looks like Kobe's retired. And on this one, he pulls a, a second crystal out and tosses it over to you, Mike. That's you, sir. That'll get you on up into the upper levels of the city, on up through the lift. It'll get you priority VIP to the front of the line to all the festival activities. Man, I'll tell you, it is a, a big day. Huzzah, everybody. Look around here, y'all. It's the it's the long-lost Mossberg man. He's back. And you hear, Mossberg man, Lindbergh, baby. What is all my buddy? <laughs> like there's there's a legit y'all y'all. Well, first 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 of all, Kobe, you did not find me. I walked in here. Yeah, we found him. <laughs> we, we found him. That's not what the crystal says, sir. I would thank you. It was so nice meeting y'all. And he shakes your hand. I really do appreciate you and my 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 children. And hell, the reward is big enough that my children's children probably even thank y'all. This is this is what they call generational wealth. Todd, stop him from claiming this reward. See y'all. Someone, someone knock that guy out. Get him. <laughs> Take the crystal from him. Shoot <laughs> an arrow. Uh, sleep. Oh wait, wait, wait. You see all the other guards as part of his crew that was on on. We get like a good like. It's like he, you know, like when the the store that sells you the lottery ticket gets a bit. We get a little bit of that thing. We're not gonna stop him. Y- y'all need to. Y'all have a good on time in the city. All right. I promise uh, I promise that I will make some people try and stab them soon so you don't ever have to hear the phrase demiplane kegels ever again, ever again. But this is the part of the show where we take a moment to thank our patrons, and we've got some new names on this list. First off, Brian, Dreken, Lady Kiva Lagos is my spirit guide, Zork Fox, Moyle promises to never blow up your bathroom, Yogan, Hogan, Jogan, Saga Nadal, who I will inevitably call Naga Shadow. It's going to happen. Let's just get used to it. I don't know why you Eldrins have the names that make my brain hurt, but you know, Eldrin appreciated it, and he promises if he hadn't killed that spirit owl, he would have saved a wish for you. Bill, fate may be a narc, but he'd never rat you out. Matt Ross Jones and current Alpha patron Lee Gary, Bob is happy to know that in his time of need, that you guys are there for him. So, what is this fantastic group of people? Dare I say, the best people. What do they get for supporting the Party of Five? Besides a better show. Besides extra content, number one, extra behind-the-scenes content. Cutting room floor, audio, additional lore that goes into the world, access to the MVP show, where the guys duke it out about who really did best on the previous episode, extra video content like Challenge of the Challenge Ratings, where we throw some of the Party of Five into a pit and make them fight monsters until they die, Discord access... Bonus podcasts like the Hunter's Party, where we rewatch Supernatural, talk about what works, what doesn't, what hasn't stood the test of time, and then homebrew up content for a D&D campaign. 
and much, much more. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash gmdlcast for more details. That's going to do it for this one, folks. As always, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for your time. Welcome all our new listeners who came over from the Puzzle in a Thunderstorm crowd. And as always, hope you enjoyed the show. 